0: This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, Value Investors. So in this week's podcast, I want to ask just a basic question. Should you buy the banks? It's been about a month since the banking crisis began, and I'm recording this in April of 2023. So when it first happened, I covered a lot about the banks on this podcast and the Zacks Market Edge podcast, I was talking about it. I had on Kevin Cook on the Zach's Market Edge, and we talked about it, whether or not you should dive in to buy the banks. But it's been a couple of weeks now, so a lot has changed. And some of the panic and the crisis part of the banks appears to have abated. But the group is still being sold off and it's not just First Republic Bank. The other bank that was getting hit really hard or a few of the other bigger uh, regional banks that were also getting hit really hard. It's all the banks they're all getting sold off even the community banks have been weak and they're, they're not even in the regionals. So this is the definition of value investing though however right? That's why I wanted to talk about it this week. We invest in industries and sectors when others are selling, when they're running away, when it's just too scary to be in there. We buy when the street says I don't want to touch that. I don't want anything to do with that area. So that's when us value investors start poking around. But just because we're value investors doesn't mean we ignore fundamentals or the headlines. Or that something might be happening in a certain sector that isn't good and that we don't want to own. We don't just buy any cheap stock or even any that is just simply sold off for whatever reason we do check on the fundamentals so what do the earnings actually look like for the banks and really the main fundamental is earnings earnings and revenue that's what we're buying because remember as a shareholder, we own the company. We are owners. So you want to own the best you can, right? The company's doing the best. But with the banks, we honestly don't really know what's going on yet. Even the analysts don't know. They are they're kind of acting like they know, but they're being they're being pretty cautious too. And Q1 earnings season is coming up quickly here in April. The banks do actually lead it off. So we're gonna hear from the uh, big cap banks to start and then we're going to have a bunch of the regionals and then hundreds and thousands of the smaller kind of uh, smaller regionals and community banks will all report mostly by the end of April maybe into the first week of May. So we're going to have some answers soon. But right now in uh, the estimates uh, for the earnings In Q1 the finance sector which includes more than just the banks. Remember finance includes like insurance companies. I think Berkshire Hathaway is in there. Um, You know uh, it's not just the banks but the entire finance sector is expected to see earnings up 2.3% in the first quarter on revenue growth of 7% but Q1 was mostly before the banking crisis. So, um, you know, the bank earnings estimates aren't really reflecting that yet. They're waiting. The analysts are waiting to hear from the banks themselves to tell us and give us some guidance about what may be going on for the rest of 2023. Are deposits flowing out? Is the NIM contracting instead of expanding as everybody thought it would as the Fed continue to raise rates? Uh, we know the mortgage market is dead already because that kind of died last year Um, So that's not really a question. Um, What's happening on other real estate loans, for instance, on the commercial side, what's happening? So there's just a lot of questions out there. So this year, listening into the bank conference calls is more important than ever. As I just mentioned, where does your bank make its money? You need to figure that out if you own any banks. Because it's not always the same. Some banks will make money off of investment banking, that's like IPOs and SPACs. Um, They might make it off of trading. They might trade commodities. Your bank. They might make it off of mortgages, but they're not making much now because mortgages and refis are, you know, just been crushed down at real low levels. What about commercial loans? Are they still lending in that area? What about real estate as I just mentioned? Are they lending there for apartments, uh, single family homes, um, you know, to developers that's on the developer side. What's happening there? So you really have to do your research. You have to know what your bank specializes in, where they make their money and revenue in order to gauge anything about what might be going on right now. And keep in mind, there's three different groups in the banking sector. So there's really the big banks, which are really the big four. And I put in there J P Morgan, J P M is the ticker, Bank of America, B A C, Citigroup, ticker just C as in cat C. Wells Fargo is the fourth one, ticker W F C. So there now remains the big four after the financial crisis, and all of these include things like wealth management um investment banking some of them do trading some of them have a bigger mortgage industry or uh you know business than others citigroup has a lot more international business some of the others don't have hardly any so you even with these big four you have to investigate and see where they're making their money too Okay, so that's just the first group big Four. the second group is what everybody's been talking about the regional banks that is like First Republic, uh, which is ticker FRC and that everybody um, is watching to see if they're going to stay in business. Um, But that includes uh, a big range of different types of banks. It can be PNC financial, PNC is the ticker. They have a $49 billion market cap. And that's on the bigger side of the regional banks. And that can go all the way down to the much smaller regional banks, which is like United Community Banks. That's one I used to own in the value investor portfolio, um, but we sold it even before the banking crisis. But uh, that ticker, UCBI, they're In the southeast, in Georgia and the Carolinas, that area they've been expanding. They have a market cap of 3.1 billion, so that's a big difference. PNC at 49 billion, United Community Banks at 3.1 billion. So there's a wide uh, variety here with the regional banks, and then you have this third group, which is the community banks. There's something between like eight and ten thousand of those, I believe around the country. And it's harder to find those I had to kind of dig around to find an example (laughs) of a community bank that is publicly traded many of them are actually publicly traded. But they can be as small as like 10 million market cap They usually trade on over the counter. And they have very slim trading volumes like almost nobody trades but there are shares and there are shareholders but you're not really buying it in the same way you would any of these others. And um, some of you may confuse some of the smaller regionals with the community banks. Um, but and I would say that because some of the uh, regional banks can be under a billion market cap. So old second bank core which I own in the value investor portfolio and in my own personal portfolio is ticker OSBC. Old second bank core is the third largest bank in the Chicagoland area. It is considered to be a regional bank, but its market cap is just 600 million. So that is among the smaller of the banks, but that's big enough to get it into a regional type of designation. And they um, are Uh, traded and they do have a ZACS rank. There are analysts actually covering them. That's one of the difference between the communities and the regionals, is that the regionals usually have some kind of analyst coverage. Maybe not all of them, but almost all of them usually have at least one analyst covering them. Um, But again, that's hit or miss depending on the size of that regional bank. But once you get closer to like a billion, usually you get some kind of analyst coverage on uh, the regional banks. But the communities, again, that's a whole nother ballgame. So I'd have, like I said, look around to try to find a community bank that actually fit. um, You know, that was trading out there, even on like the pink sheets or the over the counter. Finally, I found one. It's called CNB Bank Shares, and the ticker, which is traded on the um, OTCQX, it is um, CNBN, and I don't really think anyone should be going over there. It has very small volume. They have 19 full-service locations. They're in Illinois, in Carlinville, Illinois. They are actually, um, I stumbled across one of the interesting ones. Uh, they claim on their website that, um, uh, let me find it now, where they actually are claiming it, that they, with the 19 uh, full-service locations, and they've been adding to that in recent years. So the last time they added a couple locations was in 2018 when they bought Jacksonville Bank Corp and its subsidiary Jacksonville Savings Bank. This is what happens. The small community banks might have like 10 branches. They buy the local other small community banks. They they start to build and grow. That's how they grow their business. And then maybe they have 15 or 20 branches. And then maybe they get 30 or 40. And if they start to get big enough and they're in a certain part of the country that maybe is hot, where everybody's moving, you know, like the Carolinas, Then a bigger regional type bank like United Community Banks that I just talked about, they buy out these smaller smaller community banks. So there is a lot of acquisitions and people were thinking that more of these smaller banks would be bought out shortly. Now, um, it does say because this bank in Illinois, Uh, was founded originally in 1854, like the original bank. And then it was uh, brought into like a holding company, and then they bought a couple other nearby banks. And so um, they bought one that was called the Corn Belt Bank. I love these names. That was in Pittsfield. Um, They also had uh, branches in Jacksonville and Clayton, Missouri, So, they only had three branches, but they they bought that in 2009. So, there are a lot of consolidation that goes on in these uh, kind of smaller, more rural areas, especially. And um, although they have bought a couple branches up in the Chicagoland area as well. Um, And it says they've evolved with the advent of expanded financial products and services. Now, they do say they are the oldest continuing. Oldest continuously active bank charter in Illinois. So I love that stuff. 1854, that's pretty early for a state like Illinois. It was definitely the territories back then. But what did you need in all these small little towns as people were you know, arriving, um, the colonial people arriving to farm and start businesses across the United States, they needed banks. You need a bank to go buy that farm, to go buy that equipment to you know buy that house to build it to get the products to build it so uh, a lot of these banks going back to the 1800s and um probably a little bit older even in some parts of the eastern side of the united states um so it's kind of cool to look back at the banks and see what's going on but this also tells you the difficulties of the communities, right? They are older. They've been around forever. It does say on the over the counter that CNB bank shares does pay a dividend yielding 3.5%. Um, but it's market cap 83.7 million. These are small. And like I said some can be as small as like 10 million on the market cap. Shares barely, at, if ever, trade it becomes uh, difficult if you're a shareholder of these banks. You're kind of just the shareholder. Sometimes the bank itself buys out shareholders, or they get bought out, as I mentioned, by the regional banks or someone bigger in order to, um, you know, give an out to the shareholders <laughs> to allow them to cash out, basically. Uh, but banking industry is interesting for this reason because there is these various groupings of it. They're not all just Bank of America. And there are thousands of these smaller community banks. So, right now, the analysts actually like some of the big banks because uh, they're too big to fail. Government's not going to let them fail, those big four, but they like. Some of their outside businesses, like the trading, like the investment banking, um, some of these other things where they might be able to get earnings that's not just net interest margin. It's not just a uh, NIM. But the two favorites that I've been seeing with the bank analysts have been JP Morgan and Citigroup. They're kind of turned off from Wells Fargo and Bank of America because those are more. Uh, Relying on deposits, um, which has not been the area you want to be in now that Silicon Valley Bank has gone under. You want to be in the ones that do the sophisticated deals and all of that on the investment banking side. So that would be JP Morgan, JPM, and Citigroup. Um, JP Morgan right now is trading with a dividend of 3.1%. Citigroup still is the biggest dividend of the group at 4.4%. Uh, Bank of America is at 3.2 now and Wells Fargo is at 3.3. And just so you know, United Community Bank Corp also similar dividend yielding 3.3% now because those shares have all come down off their highs. Um, As I mentioned early in the podcast, we're about to hear earnings reports from um, all these banks and it's coming soon. So three of them will report on the exact same day. Before the market opens on April 14th, it's a Friday. So we're going to be hearing uh, from all three. Good luck of trying to coordinate those conference calls. <laughs> you might have to jump from one to the other, or whichever one you are interested in investing in, need to be on that call. Jamie Dimon at J.P. Morgan is considered to be one of the industry leaders. He, for sure, will probably have some interesting comments just on the banking industry in general. He's already kind of put that out there. And so if you want to know more just about the industry and what might be happening, that J.P. Morgan might be for you. Citigroup might give some more flavor on what's going on in Europe um, with you know, Credit Suisse issues or whatnot, because they do have much more international type of banking there. Um, but Bank of America also has a big deposit base. And what's happening with that there? And Wells Fargo used to be big in mortgages, but they're really cutting back on the mortgage business now. But what do they have to replace it? We're about to find out. With the other regional banks, I really uh, encourage everyone to do their own research. Find out what's going on. I have been saying and I still believe that the baby is being thrown out with the bathwater with most of the bank stocks here until we actually hear from the bank themselves. What is going on. So um, right now still a lot of weakness because the market hates uncertainty. It hates not knowing and even the analysts don't know. So nobody really knows what's going on with the banks. But they're about to tell us so. Um. should you buy the banks right here, if you're not in them at all, probably a lot of people best off waiting on the sidelines to hear from them, to see what's happening, um, and to know which ones are not being impacted the same way as Silicon Valley Bank, which ones may have some risky exposures, which ones may not. Um, so that is something, the banks are cheap here. But they can always go cheaper, right? They can always go lower. And I know many of you still have a bad taste in your mouth from the banks in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when some others completely went under, like Silicon Valley Bank. And remember, you're not you're not getting anything if your bank completely goes under. You, as a shareholder, that's your business that's going away. So um, keep that in mind. That. Um, You know, that's why money is, uh, if it's going anywhere, it's going into the big four because they are considered to be too big to fail. And the government isn't going to, you know, let them, let those banks uh, fail. So um, everything else, it's always, you know, do your own research, know what you're buying, and know where those earnings are coming from and the revenue. And what areas of the economy they are focused on. And area of the country will matter too, because um, as things slow, certain parts of the country economically will slow more than others. Certain parts had more speculation and maybe a little more wildness on the loan and lending side than other parts. Um, So, know where your bank is. (laughs) Know know why you're buying it in that certain location. So let me recap the stock tickers I talked about on this episode. So there is the big four, JP Morgan, ticker JPM, Citigroup, ticker C, Bank of America, ticker BAC, Wells Fargo, WFC. Then there's tons of regional banks. I only mentioned um, three of them here, but there are hundreds really, um, PNC Financial, PNC, one of the bigger ones, um, United Community Bank Core, that's the one in the Southeast, UCBI, uh, Old Second Bank Core, that's the third largest regional bank in the Chicago area, OSBC is a ticker there. And then I mentioned one community bank, but you shouldn't be going off. I'm not even sure you can buy it, to be honest, because a lot of these don't really trade with Big, um, you know, volumes, and you have to go to the bank themselves to (laughs) become a shareholder. But it was um, what was the name? The ticker was CNBN, but the name of the oldest continually active bank holding company or bank charter, I think they said, in Illinois, CNB Bank shares is the name of that one. So. As always, you want to be sure to subscribe because I'm talking about all these different issues with um, you every week, and there's a lot going on on the uh, value side, especially as stocks appear to be weakening in just a little bit. So I just took a look at the C and um, BN, the Community Bank volume, and only 200 in shares trading, but not even really. So yeah, this one does not really trade. So just keep that in mind. I don't know why you need to get into any of those kind of banks. There's plenty of regions and the super big guys. If you are interested in banks, if if you really love the communities, there are some ETFs you can focus on to buy a basket of them. I recommend that. Uh, strategy for the community banks but otherwise as I said I'm bringing you the value stocks every week and there is a lot going on so uh, especially during earnings season we're going to be revisiting some of these industries and sectors where things are up in the air and maybe we can get some cheap stocks that are just being sold for no reason and you know out of fear panic the usual things and as value investors we could get some deals. So be sure to subscribe. Get us on Apple Podcasts. Get us on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge over there. Get us on Spotify. Get us on um, Amazon Music. And we're on just about every other platform. So just Google us the Value Investor Podcast and uh, Google my name it usually comes up that way. But get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some value stocks.